There are a multitude of symbolisms, analogies, and metaphors that describe God in the way that he acts and the different titles and the ways that he operates. Some ways may be a father, a friend, a shepherd, a master, a husband, a husband man, and a vine. Many different forms, but we need to understand these contexts throughout the Bible to make proper applications because they do not all apply to the same way and if applied wrong it can lead to wrong methods of communication as you can see the title of this episode is relationship and this is the beginning of a small little series i don't know if it'll be two or three episodes but this will be the beginning of a small series that i think is very important and will be very vital in how we operate as an individual and within a corporate body within the church and ultimately in being connected to the kingdom of God. So without further ado, put on your spiritual scuba diving gear because we are, as always, about to dive deep. My name is Amani Akins, and this is yet another episode of the Deeper Waters podcast by Piscato's Rose. The kingdom of God is a prominent subject throughout the whole Bible, but I feel like it is very much misunderstood. But in today's episode, I hope to bring clarification and to bring a little bit of knowledge about what the Bible says about certain concepts, especially when it comes to communicating with the one that is over all of this, with the God of all. It is very important that we communicate properly because there are stipulations in this kingdom. There are ways and laws and principles and statutes within this kingdom that it is important for you to understand and is right in front of you in this book, but very widely are misunderstood. Many people will have ears and won't hear. Many people will have eyes and won't see. But today, I pray that you guys will all receive revelation and that you guys will do your own study because the Bible talks about if you have the Holy Ghost, you will have no need of a teacher because it will guide you into all truth. God will guide you into all truth, but you have to be sensitive to him and you have to truly seek him with all, not 90%, not 99%, but with all. But without further ado, let's get into the first passage of the day and it is found in Matthew chapter 18 and starting with verse one, it says the following. At the same time came the disciples unto Jesus, saying, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And Jesus called a little child unto him, and set him in the midst of them, and said, Verily I say unto you, Except ye be converted, and become as little children, ye shall not enter into the kingdom of God. Whosoever therefore shall humble himself as this little child shall the same shall is the greatest in the kingdom of God. And whoso shall receive one such little child in my name receiveth me. But who shall so shall offend one of these little ones which believe in me? It were better for him that a millstone were hanged about his neck and that he were drowned in the depths of a sea. Woe unto the world because of offenses, for it must needs be that offenses come, but woe to that man by whom the offense cometh. Wherefore, if thy hand or thy foot offend thee, cut them off and cast them from thee, for it is better for thee to enter into life halt or maimed rather than having two hands or two feet and cast into the lake of fire and if thine eye offend thee pluck it out and cast it from thee it is better for thee to enter into life with one eye rather than having two eyes and be cast into hell fire take heed that ye despise not one of these little ones for i say unto you that in heaven their angels do always behold the face of my father which is in heaven for the son of man is come to save that which was lost how think ye if a man have a hundred sheep and one of them be gone astray doth he not leave the ninety and nine and goeth into the mountains and seeketh that one which is gone astray? And if, if so be he find it, verily I say unto you, he rejoiceth more 
of that sheep than those ninety and nine which went not astray. Even so, it is not the will of your Father, which is in heaven, that one of these little ones should perish. Moreover, if thy brother shall trespass against thee, go and tell him his fault between thee and him alone. If he shall hear thee, thou hast gained thy brother. But if he will not hear thee, then take with thee one or two more that in the mouth of two or three witnesses every word may be established. And if he shall neglect to hear them, tell it unto the church. But if he neglect to hear the church, let him be unto thee as a heathen man and a publican. Verily I say unto you, Whatsoever ye shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever ye shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Again I say unto you, that if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done for them of my Father which is in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. Then came Peter to him and said, Lord, how oft shall my brother sin against me? And I forgive him till seven times. Till seven times? Jesus saith unto him, I, I say not unto thee until seven times, but until seventy times seven. Therefore is the kingdom of heaven likened unto a certain king which would take account of his servants. And when he had begun to reckon, one was brought unto him, which owed him ten thousand talents. But forasmuch as he had not to pay, his Lord commanded him to be sold and his wife and children, that all and all that he had in payment to be made. The servant therefore fell down and worshipped him, saying, Lord, have patience with me, and I will pay thee all. Then the Lord of that servant was moved with compassion and loosed him and forgave him the debt. But the same servant went out and found one of his fellow servants, which owed him a hundred pence. And he laid his hands upon him and took him by the throat, saying, Pay me that thou owest. And his fellow servant fell down at his feet and besought him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will pay thee all. And he would not but went and cast him into prison till he should pay the debt. So when his fellow servants saw what was done, they were very sorry and came and told unto their Lord all that was done. Then his Lord, after he called him, said unto him, O thou wicked servant, I forgave thee all thy debt because thou desirest me. Shouldest not thou also have compassion on thy fellow servant, even as I had pity on thee? And his Lord was wroth and delivered him to the tormentors till he should pay all that was due unto him. So likewise shall my heavenly father do also unto you, if ye from your hearts forgive not every one his brothers the trespass. So there's quite a few concepts that we see here. We see talking about humbling yourself. We see how fervently God searches for those who go astray and his abundant forgiveness. Three main concepts within this. But a bigger concept here is the emphasis on the Heavenly Father and entering as a child. You must enter the kingdom of God as a child. You must grow. As you grow, your father will become more of a friend. And we'll get more into that as we go throughout this episode. But to enter the kingdom of God, you have to enter as a child. A child has to be taught. A child has to be led. A child has to depend on their parents. And that's exactly what you have to do. Except you be converted and become as little children, you shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whosoever therefore shall humble himself as this child. When you humble yourself, you open yourself up to receive whatever God has for you. There's different forms of humbling yourself, such as fasting and other manners of humbling yourself. And that's all God ever really wanted from the beginning to accept his love, to be, as the Bible says in the Old Testament, to 
humble yourselves, seek his face, humble yourself, pray, and he will heal your land. But it starts with you being humble because if you're prideful and you think that you can stand alone and that you don't need any guidance, then you don't need the father. But you really do need the father at the end of the day because everybody has offenses. Well, unto the person that offenses come and then it talks about forgiveness. So in the same place that it talks about offenses and a person who did wrong, it talks about forgiveness. And it also talks about how the father operates. And it's very important that we submit to the order that he has set for us in order for things to work out. All things work together for the good of those that love God, for those that obey him and follow his statutes. So it's very important that we catch these concepts, that we have a good relationship with our father, which is in heaven. So... To continue on in this concept, we're going to go to the next passage in Psalm 103, and it says the following. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgiveth all thine iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases, who redeemeth thy life from destruction who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfieth thy mouth with good things, so that thy youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord executeth righteousness and judgment for all that are oppressed. He made known his ways unto, unto Moses, his acts unto the children of Israel. The Lord is merciful and gracious and slow to anger and plenteous in his mercy. He will not always chide, neither will he keep his anger forever. He hath not dealt with us after our sins, nor reward us according to our iniquities. For as the heaven is high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward them that fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far hath he removed our transgressions from him. Like as a father pitieth his children, so the Lord pitieth them that fear him. For he knoweth our frame, he remembereth that we are dust. As for man, his days are as grass, as a flower of the field, so he flourisheth. For the wind passeth over it, and it is gone, and the place thereof shall know it no more. But the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting upon them that fear him and his righteousness unto children's children to such as keep his covenant and to those that remember his commandments to do them the lord hath prepared his throne in the heavens and his kingdom ruleth over all bless the lord ye his angels that excel in strength that do his commandments Hearken unto the voice of his word. Bless ye the Lord, all ye his hosts, ye ministers of his that do his pleasure. Bless the Lord, all his works in all places of his dominion. Bless the Lord, O my soul. So we see once again that concept of forgiveness and healing. Even the word salvation, the, thing, the very thing that Jesus came to offer us. Within that, that word salve, that word means healing. He came to bring forth healing to our souls and healing to our spirits. If you have a broken spirit, he came to heal it. If you have a soul that is hurting and longing and is wearied, he came to heal that as well. And that's one thing that the world cannot provide. The joy that he gives, the world cannot take away because it's something completely spiritual and something completely intangible. It's something that only he can offer. But one other thing here it talks about, once again, is that concept of forgiveness. He is willing to forgive and reward you. He's, it says in verse 10, he hath not dealt with us after our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. And another thing you're going to notice here is even when it's dealing with the children of Israel, he calls them children of Israel, not the people of Israel, not the men of Israel, but the children of Israel. Whenever you come to God as a child, things are going to work out better for you because you are totally dependent on him to be a provider. You are totally dependent on him and you totally operate at, like him. One thing it also talks about when we were reading in Matthew 18 is it talked about if you don't move like compassion by compassion, like your father, then you are not of him and things are going to work out for you. And 
And that's one thing we have to move by love. I know I made that episode talking about being in the vein that being operating out of love is that bond of perfectness that connects us to the head, the head of the house, the head of the house of heaven. And if you don't want to submit to the head of the house of heaven, then things aren't going to work out for you. You're not going to be able to enter into the house. Get out my house because you're not going to listen to me. That's what your parents on earth will say. So how much more does that apply in heaven as well? This is why we have to follow after his ways, to move by compassion and to forgive like he forgave. If you are his child, you're going to look up to him and want to, um, you'll want to make your life follow after how he lived his life. Another thing is, is when you are in the father's house and you are in the dominion of the father and you're operating in his grace, you're going to get the benefits of the father's house. You're going to get the healing that you need. Remember verse two of 103, it says, bless the Lord on my soul and forget not all his benefits. He forgives iniquities. He heals diseases. He redeems life. He crowns with love and kindness and tender mercies. He satisfies your mouth with good things and he renews your strength like eagles. He executes judgment for all those that are oppressed. He makes known his ways. He's merciful. In order to obtain this, you have to be within his rule. When you are within his ways, because he knows who you are. He knows that you're not a perfect thing. He says he knows that you came from dust. But as long as you submit to him and you look to him as a father, then he will do these things. He understands that you're not a perfect being, but he wants to work those things out. It says in verse 17, upon them that fear him, for those that respect him, for those that love him, love the Lord with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind. If you love him, if you obey him, just like every episode, I mentioned this because this is a concept that most Christians, no matter if you're Pentecostal, apostolic, or even not apostolic or Baptist, whatever, it don't matter. It doesn't matter where you're from, because if you're not loving God the way he told you to love him, which is John 14, 15, John 15, 14, all of first John tell us love God to love God is obedience. Obedience comes before sacrifice it becomes before anything else. If you have a father, if you're with your parents, you know, they know when you're trying to butter them up, they're not going to fall for that stuff when you are bad and you're acting like a baby's kid all day. And then you want to be all nice all of a sudden, try to get something. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. But when you are good consistently and you do something extra, then that sacrifice really means something because you're already doing the bare minimum that they require. So that if you go above and beyond, then they're not, they're going to be willing to be go above and beyond. So how much more does it apply in the kingdom? But you just doing stuff extra, but not doing the things that they t that our father already told you to do. Things aren't going to work out. So expounding on this concept of the father, which is important, we're going to go even deeper in this. This is the individual relationship and we're going to go even deeper into this. So I always talk about first John and we're going to look into first John chapter five today. So first John chapter five, starting with verse one, it says, whosoever believeth that Jesus Christ is born of God in everyone that loveth him that begat loveth him also that is begotten of him. One thing that you'll notice too, that I forgot to expound on in Matthew 18 and really throughout all the gospels is Jesus didn't go by the title of the son of God. And nobody really did. Nobody was referred to the son of God, except for like the angels and stuff like that. But the only time that he was revealed as the son of God was when Peter got revelation from the father that he was the son of God, but he didn't go by that. The demons knew he was the son of God, but he didn't go by that. And when people are filled with the Holy Ghost, it says you become a son of God. And we'll go deeper into that. But one thing that is so interesting is Jesus always went by the title of son of man, because it's important for you to realize that he's begotten of the flesh, that he really lived within the body. It says if you a spirit is of Christ, then they will confess that Jesus Christ came into the flesh. But if they don't confess that, then they are of Antichrist and they're a spirit of error. So it's very important for you to identify this fact because it says that talking about the different manifestations of God, it's not that he's different people. It's not that he's seven different spirits, three different spirits, 100 different spirits, 71, all these weird beliefs. No, the thing is, it's talking about the manifestation, our father returned in heaven and then making his kingdom manifest in the earth, reigned by somebody of the earth which is God in the earth suit. 
and then even his kingdom reigning within us through the Holy Spirit is not different things. For example, when it said Mary, she gave birth by the Holy Ghost, but he talks about the Father in heaven. Are they two separate things? No, it's just how he operates. But anyways, just continuing on. In verse 2, by this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep his commandments. Remember what I talk about all of 1 John. It's all about love. So for this is the love of God that we keep his commandments and his commandments are not grievous. They're not burdensome for whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world and this victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Who is he that overcometh the world? But he that believeth that Jesus is the son of God. This is he that came by water and blood even jesus christ not by water only but by water and blood and it is the spirit that beareth witness because the spirit is truth for there are three that bear record in heaven the father the word and the holy ghost and these three are one and there are three that bear witness in earth the spirit and the water and the blood and these three agree in one if we receive witness of men the witness of god is greater for this is the witness of god which he hath testified of his son he that believeth on the son of god hath the witness in himself that he believeth not god hath made him a liar because he believeth not on the record that god gave of his son and this is the record that God hath given to us eternal life and that this life is in his son. He that hath the son hath life and he that hath not the son of God hath not life. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the son of God that ye may know that ye have eternal life and that ye may believe on the name of the son of God. And this is the confidence that we have in him. If we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. And if we know that he hear us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of him. If any man see his brother sin a sin, which is not unto death, he shall ask and he shall give him life for them that sin not unto death. There's a sin unto death, and I do not say that he shall pray for it. All unrighteousness is sin, and there is a sin not unto death. We know that whatsoever is born of God sinneth not, but he that is begotten of God keepeth himself, and that wicked one toucheth him not. And we know that we are of God, and the whole world lieth in wickedness. And we know that the Son of God is come and hath given us an understanding that we may know that is true and we are in him that is true even in his son jesus christ and this is the true god and eternal life little children specifically it says keep yourself from idols amen so first of all that ending is interesting talking about little children keep yourself from idols keep yourself from vain things within the earth but the other thing it talks about too which is interesting because it says that there's a sin that is unto death and there's a sin that's not unto death. And this is talking about we, when you become of God, when you submit to him, it's not saying that you're going to be perfect, but if you are in God, you're not going to have sin living within you, meaning that this sin does not become a lifestyle for you. And it doesn't mean, like I said, that you will be flawless but he will make you whole. He will make you able to stand and to walk and operate in the grace that you don't fall into temptation. And the thing is, it's coming down to the intent of your heart and the intent of your mind and the intent of your soul. The word of God is quick and powerful, able to decide to divide it between the uh, joint and the marrow and the flesh and the spirit and all that, and able to discern the heart and its intents. So when you are intentionally living a wrong life, when you are intentionally doing what you know is not right, when you intentionally do this stuff, you will be judged according to that intent. That's why some people who aren't fully living right, 
you know, they need to get right by the end of their life. But some people have different levels of judgment based off of the intent of their heart. If they don't know what they're doing, they are operating out of ignorance and have yet to receive this knowledge. But when you have this knowledge, then there's a different application for you because you know better. And then it talks about who you obey reveals your father. You'll notice there's a difference between an individual individual idolatry and disobedience versus the collective. The collective idolatry it, as a generation is called whoredom and adultery. More on the collective, and I'll talk more about the collective idolatry in the second episode, but as an individual, it refers to you as a devil or Satan, specifically Satan because you are an adversary to the kingdom of God and to the church. When you are not operating out of God's will, when you are not operating out of the way that he wants you to and not fully 100% obedient, then you are going to naturally oppose the will of God, which is exactly what Satan means, an adversary and an opposer. You aren't in a collective sin when you stand alone and oppose. We must recognize who we want our father to be and what spirit we are operating out of. So sometimes, you know, there's going to be times where you need to stand alone and everybody is wrong. But when you are not submitted to God, then you are going to naturally operate outside of his kingdom. So we must recognize who are we actually obeying? Are we obeying the ways of man, even a system of man and even a church of man? Are we obeying the kingdom of God and the way that he tells us to operate? An interesting few verses here are found in, for one, John 13 and 27, and says, After that, Sop Satan entered into him. Then said Jesus unto him, Thou doest, that thou doest, do it quickly. So this is talking about Judas when he was about to betray Jesus, and it said, Satan entered into him. Another verse here, another passage here is 1 Timothy 1. First Timothy 1, 18 through 20, and it says, This charge I commanded to thee, son, son Timothy, according to the prophecies which went before thee, that thou by them mightest war a good warfare, holding faith and a good conscience, with some having put away concerning the faith, have made a shipwreck, of whom is Hymenus and Alexander, who I have delivered unto Satan, that they may learn not to blaspheme. There's another part that talks about um, operating out of the wrong spirit, and that is in 1 Corinthians 5, verses 1 through 5. And it says, it is commonly reported that there is fornication among you, and such fornication is not so much as it's named among the Gentiles, that one should have his father's wife, and ye are puffed up and have not not rather mourned that he hath done this deed might be taken away from among you, for verily as absent in body, but present in spirit, have already judged, as though I were present, concerning him that hath done so this deed, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, when ye are gathered together in my spirit, with the power of our Lord Jesus Christ, to deliver such a one unto Satan, for the destruction of the flesh, that the spirit may be saved in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. So those are three different examples right here, but you notice the effect of an individual that is not submitted it affects the whole church and it affects the whole congregation and affects everybody that they're connected to those who act as satan will be delivered unto their father we as individuals are simply sons and daughters strangely enough in the spirit we get to choose whose custody we want to be in each master comes with different freedoms, constraints, and ultimately different destinies. Because we all have a destiny. Really, God fashioned us all to follow after him. But think about this. Think about the kid at school who got to do whatever they wanted versus the kid who grew up with some more rules and a little bit of structure in their life. And look at where they're at today. It's completely different places because some people who got to do whatever they want, oh, I, I get to do whatever I want all throughout the day. And then you see where they end up. You know, and not, I'm not saying this is like this every single time, but the, I'm just talking about the overall majority of these cases. You realize I'm grateful that I didn't get to do every single thing that I wanted to do in the moment that I wanted to do them because I didn't think about it. And I didn't think about some of these rules that were in place for a reason. 
First John 2 and 18 through 19 says, Little children, it is the last time. And as you have heard that Antichrist should come, even now there are many Antichrists, whereby we know that it is the last time. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would not the doubt have continued with us. But they went out that they might be made manifest that they were not all of us. So when you leave the collective church, which is not talking about a building, it's not talking about a specific group or the way the church operates today is necessarily even the way that the church really initially operates. We know from even Matthew 18, it talks about where two or three are gathered. It is fellowship within the spirit. It's not actually about a location or anything like that. So when you decide to leave the fellowship of the spirit, leave the guiding of God and disconnect from other people, God is not waiting for you in jealousy per se. Now he may want to, he'll want to, for you to come back, but he does that thing for his bride. He waits in jealousy for his bride, but not necessarily for all his children. He will let you destroy yourself. We know that even within the story of the prodigal son, but on the flip side of that coin, however, he still has mercies for those who still have the right heart. So if you have the right heart or your heart gets right, even in the midst of your wrong, he has abundant mercies and he will be willing to restore you whenever you make the wrong decisions and you get involved with stuff that you shouldn't be involved in. Hebrews 12, 5 through 13 says the following. And ye have forgotten the exhortation which speaketh unto you as unto children. My son, despise not thou chastening of the Lord, nor faint when thou art rebuked of him. For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth, and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. If ye endure chastening, God dealeth with you as with sons. For what son is he whom the Father chasteneth not? But if ye be without chastisement, whereof all are partakers, then ye are bastards and not sons. Furthermore, we have had fathers of our flesh which corrected us, and we gave them reverence. Shall we not much rather be in subjection unto the Father of spirits and live? For they verily for a few days chastened us after their own pleasure. But he for our profit that we might be partakers of his holiness. Now no chastening for the present seemeth to be joyous, but grievous. Nevertheless, afterward it yieldeth the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them which are exercised thereby. Wherefore lift up the hands which are hang which hang down, and the feeble knees, and make straight paths for your feet, lest that which is lame be turned out of the way, and it be and but let it rather be healed. So we see here that there's a reason why God lets you go through what you go through. And there's a reason why he corrects you, but it's all for your healing. But you have to submit to that. You have to be submitted to him because if you're not submitted to him and you're not chastened by him, then you are not of his, you're not his, you're not his son. And it talks about, you know, what I was talking about earlier, you get to choose whether you know, you want to be submitted to God and his consequences and his decisions, or you could be submitted to the world and its consequences. And it seems like it's freedom for a season. But when you start to reap the consequences of the actions that you have without having any discipline as a disciple, a disciplined one, then the Bible calls you a bastard in that case. So it is very important that we are submitted to that. Another thing that is interesting about this, and this is something that came up in conversation recently was talking about there's a reason why it talks about the spirit of adoption when we are full of the holy ghost we spiritually become a son or i guess a daughter of god as well and when you are following after the spirit and you're fully submitted to god and his leadings it's just like when you are in with your earthly father or mother or your guardian when they tell you to do something and you're walking in the spirit for example you when you are in their household and you're not around them, you're not connected to other people, but you're still walking in accordance to their commandments. You're still walking in the way that they want you to go. Even when you're not there, you're still being obedient to what you need to do. And you'll see the consequences of that, whether it be good or bad, because you follow what they said, whether they're there or not. 
They may have told you not to go to this place and you go to that place and you get hurt. Whose fault is that? It's your fault because you weren't walking in accordance to their instruction. And that same principle applies to the spirit. There's another thing that the Bible talks about is coming out from among the people and not being joined because when you are joined to the world, it's like being joined to a harlot. It's like when you are joined to the world, there's no fellowship between God and mammon. You have to separate from these things because you have to be wholly submitted to God to be a holy and acceptable sacrifice to him. So when you're not wholly submitted to him and you begin to mix these different things, it becomes a mixture of different things, but it only takes 1% of a lie, 1% of an error for the whole thing to be wrong, for the whole thing to be false, for the whole thing to be a lie. So when you leave the ways of God and you leave the ways that he has commanded you and you stop submitting to the spirit and you do whatever you want to do, you will join to the world. And just like with the relationship to your father, it talks about in the Bible, when a man leaves his father's house, when a man cleaves into the woman and gets married, they leave their father's house and the them and their wife become one. So this is the same thing that many of us do with the world and with the Babylonian system that talks about mystery Babylon, which is the mother of all the different issues that are in the world and stuff like that. And it's just like, when you leave the ways of God and you join back into the world, it's just like you leave in the grace of God. It's just like you leave in your earthly home and you're becoming one with, you know, whoever you marry. And it's the same thing in the spirit. When you leave the way of the father and you join back into the ways of the world, you have left the grace of God. You've left the ways of God and you're no longer under their, his authority and you will no longer receive his blessings, but you will receive the consequences of whatever you've joined yourself to and you receive the spirit of the world. So it's very important that we stay submitted because it talks about if you are in the resurrection and you're full of resurrection power, talking about spiritually, especially in the resurrection, nobody's given to marriage. So if you are regenerated, you're just under the father at that point. Now, I'm not talking about physical, you know, because there's actually going to be a physical resurrection, but I'm making this application spiritually when you are born again in the spirit. When you leave, again, you're not operating out of resurrection power. You're not supposed to go back into the world once you're reborn. When you're reborn and you're resurrected, the point of baptism was to wipe away and to start you over. So when you start over and then go back into the world, you're going back and you're going against the way that it's supposed to be in the resurrection. There's not supposed to be any marriage. You're just supposed to be with the father at that point. It's supposed to completely take that thing out of the picture. So that's exactly what happens when you go back into these lifestyles of sin and you start to have evil communication and people in your life that you're not supposed to have and watching things you're not supposed to watch. So that's why it is very important that we need to live a holy life that is separated. It's not going to look the same thing as the world, but we're not of this world. We're just in it. So it's very important that we operate the way that God told us to. Little children, as it says, keep yourself from idols. Amen. That's what it says. Keep yourself from the vain things of the world. Separate from these vain things. Remove these vain things and fill your life with purpose. Things full of purpose. Things that bring meaning to your life. Things that bring truth in your life. And that all reconciles you back to Christ. The trials and the discipline in your life, as Hebrews is referring to, are to perfect you. And I guess this is another earthly thing. If he can't whoop you, he's not your father. And likewise, the devil can't whoop you if God is your father. So if you're submitted to God, when these things happen, it is for your betterment. But if you're not submitted to God, then you're subject to not only God's wrath, but you're more even worse. You're also subject to the wrath of the devil and the devil's not merciful. His people are not merciful. The world is not merciful whatsoever. And their intention is to destroy you and not to build you up through the discipline. So it is very important that we stay submitted to God. So the next passage of scripture here is in Luke chapter 15. And it says the following in verse one, then drew near unto him all the publicans and sinners for to hear him. And the Pharisees said, and the scribes murmured, saying, This man receiveth sinners and eateth with them. And he spake this parable unto them, saying, What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he lose one of them, doth not leave the ninety-nine and nine in the wilderness, and go after that which is lost, until he find it? And when he hath found it, should he lay it on his shoulders, rejoicing? 
And when he cometh home, he calleth together his friends and his neighbors, saying unto them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. I say unto you likewise, Joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repenteth, more than over ninety and nine just persons which need no repentance. Either what woman, having ten pieces of silver, if she lose one piece, doth not light a candle, and sweep the house diligently till she find it? And when she hath found it, she calleth her neighbors and her neighbors together, her friends and her neighbors together, saying, Rejoice with me, I have found the peace which I had lost. Likewise, I say unto you, there is joy in the presence of God, presence of the angels of God over one sinner that repenteth. And he said, A certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divideth unto them his living. And not many days after, the younger son gathered together and took his journey into a far country, and there wasted his substance with riotous living. And when he had spent all he had, there arose a mighty famine in the land, and he began to want or to be in need. And it's interesting that this happened right when he left the way of God. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into the fields to feed swine. And he would not fain, and he would fain to have filled his body with the um, with to fain to fill his belly. He desired to fill his stomach with the husk that the swine did eat, and no man gave unto him, so he couldn't even eat the husk of the swine. And when he came to himself, and how many hired servants of my he said, how many of my hired servants of my father's house have bread enough to spare, and I perish with hunger? I will arise and go to my father, and will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee, and am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight and am no more worthy to be called thy son. But the father said to his servants, bring forth the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet and bring hither the fatted calf and kill it and let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead in is alive again, and he was lost and is now found. And they began to be merry. Now his elder son was in the field, and he came and drew nigh to the house and heard music and dancing. And he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said unto him, Thy brother is come, and thy father hath killed the fatted calf, because he hath received him safe and sound. And he was angry and would not go in. Therefore he came came out his father out and entreated him and he answering said to his father lo these many years do i serve thee neither transgressed i at any time thy commandment and yet thou never gavest me a kid that i might make merry with my friends but as soon as thy son was come which hath devoured thy living with harlots thou hast killed for him the fatted calf and he said unto him, Son, thou art ever with me, and all that I have is thine. It was meet that we should make merry and be glad, for this thy brother was dead and is alive, and again was lost and now is found. So this is a very commonly cited story of redemption throughout the Bible. And I think it's also interesting how his brother got angry, who was already serving God and doing the right thing, and he lost sight of the authority he had already had father the father had to restore his position which is why he gave him the fatted calf and he gave him clothes because he was restoring the position and he's the other son who was already serving god and doing the right thing saw this as the father giving him extra stuff when really he was just restoring him and he who was already in the house he already had access to the robes he already had access he already had his own stuff and he had access to the fatted calves he could have picked any of the calves he could have picked all the calves that he wanted and kill them and have them for food and do whatever he wanted because he was already in the will of god and operating at the dominion of god and he lost sight of that so it's very important that we keep sight of how 
and of our position and don't lose sight when people are saved and you see the favor of God on their life because you still have the favor of God as long as you're operating the way you're supposed to. So it's also interesting how it looks at the difference between all these situations for the first story of the lost sheep talking about one person repenting versus the people who have already repented. And the second story talking about the angels rejoicing over one sinner that repenteth within the house versus one without the house. And the one was somebody who was already in the house of the father and leaves the house of the father. So some people got lost outside of the house. Some people got lost within the house and some people were in the house and left intentionally. And that's exactly what I was talking about earlier. Now, when you leave, you affect the collective and there's more of that that I'll talk about in the part two of this episode, this series of relationship. But you'll notice there's a difference between those who are predestined but lost versus those who left the grace of God. The sheep are different than people. Being lost can be accidental. But when you leave, this is intentional. Sheep, they're guided by a shepherd. But when you leave after you're in the grace of God, then and like I said, sheep are different than people. So these are two different scenarios that it's talking about. You leave intentionally. And this goes back to what I was talking about the, with the intentions of your heart and their thoughts and your intents. That's going to that's going to determine how things turn out for you as well. God goes after the loss, but he waits for those who leave. Don't play games. So this is important. Don't play games with the father. He will take you back in a heartbeat, but he's not going to follow you in your intentional foolishness now some people are foolish and he has mercy on those who are a little bit more ignorant and i'm not saying that you need to remain ignorant you need to seek to grow up in the spirit to be a child and malice as i believe corinthians says but to grow up in the spirit and to be mature but when you do something intentionally and you know better he's not going to come running after you now he'll wait for you and he'll be there for you but he will let the devil tear you up and you get to decide if and when you've had enough. So it's very important that we continue to stay within the grace of God. The next passage of scripture I have here is John chapter 15 and starting with verse one. And it says, I am the true vine and my father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. And no more can ye except ye abide in me. I am the vine, and ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me ye can do nothing. Without me you can do nothing. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch, and is withered. And men gather them, and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. If ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified, that ye bear much fruit, so shall ye be my disciples. As the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you. Continue ye in my love. If ye keep my commandments, ye shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments, and abide in his love. These things have I spoken unto you, that my joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be full. This is my commandment, that ye love one another as I have loved you. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his son, for his friends. Ye are my friends if ye do whatsoever I command you. Henceforth I call you not servants, for a servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth. But I have called you friends, for all things that I have heard of my Father I have made known unto you. Ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you, that ye should go and bring forth fruit, that your fruit should remain, that whatsoever ye ask of the Father in my name, he may give it you. These things I commanded you that you love one another. If the world hates you, you know you ye know that it hated me before it hated you. If ye were of the world, 
the world will love you, love its own. But because ye are not of the world, but I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hateth you. Remember the word that I said unto you, the servant is not greater than his Lord. If they have persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they have kept my saying, they will keep yours also. But all these things will they do unto you for my name's sake, because they know him that sent me. If they had not come and spoken unto them, they had not sinned. But now have they, they have no cloak for their sin. For he that hateth me hateth my father also. If I had not done among them the works which none other man did, they had not sinned had not had sin, but now they have both seen and hated both me and my father. But this cometh to pass that the word might be fulfilled that is written in their law. They hated me without a cause. But when the comforter is come, whom I will send unto you from the father, even the spirit of truth, which proceedeth from the father, he shall testify of me. And ye also shall bear witness because ye have been with me from the beginning. So there's so many things that Jesus said right here. And it, one thing I want to highlight here is, for one, we already know what I talk about every episode, John 14, 15, and 15, 14. But I think it's interesting here that it talks about to be his friend if you must obey what he says. You're my friends if you do what I command you. And I think it's interesting right before that, he said, greater love hath no man than this, than to lay down his life for his friends. So we see that Jesus, you know, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Jesus came because he loved the world and he had compassion towards the world. But how that love affects you and how the effects of his sacrifice and of his blood affect you differently based on if you follow his commandments. He said, greater love hath no man than he laid down his life for his friends. And then the next verse, he says, you are my friends. If you do whatsoever, I command you. Things will work out for you. Talking about what Romans 8 talks about, all things work together for the good of those that love God. If you are operating out of love and you are obeying him, then the death on the cross is a good thing for you. And his resurrection, he died for you. But if you reject Jesus, then you are inheriting the judgment that comes from the cross as well. It's a twofold thing. So we have to make sure that we are operating out of maturity and that we are a friend of Jesus and that we follow after him. Furthermore, when we actually are abiding by the spiritual principles and the laws that he set, because and when you're operating out of this, this God designed this world a specific way. And if you're operating outside of that, things are not going to work out for you. But if you abide in the way that God told you he designed this world, then whenever you ask, ask something of your father, then, then it will be done. There's a reason when Jesus talked about, taught his disciples how to pray. He said, our father, which art in heaven, because we pray to our father. That's what this was all about to glorify our father, which is in heaven. And the kingdom that he wants to bring to earth it's coming down to earth it's not a whole we're not going straight to heaven i think i brought this up in another episode when you read revelation it's that his kingdom is actually going to be on earth at first and the dead in christ will rise so it is very important for us to be submitted to him and his ways another thing we have another instruction which i've talked about in the in the vein episode talking about how we must love one another. It is very important that we operate out of love, out of compassion, out of forgiveness, because when we don't operate out of his forgiveness, then his forgiveness will not apply to us. Talking about he died for those who he who obey him. That is what this is talking about here. And whether you receive love and you receive mercy or you receive judgment, those are two different facets of God. And you get to choose based off of what you do. Mark 12, 28 through 31 says the following. And one of the scribes came, having heard them reasoning together and perceived that he had answered them well, asked him, which is the first commandment of all. And Jesus answered him, the first commandment is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, 
with all thy soul, with all thy mind, with all thy strength. And this is the first commandment. And the second is namely this, thou shalt love thy neighbor, neighbor as thyself. And there's none greater commandment than these. Now, this will go eventually into the next episode as we talk about relationship as a collective. But there's a greater mystery discovered as we go deeper into this commandment when you look at Ephesians chapter 1 or you look at Ephesians chapter 3, which I encourage you to read on your own time. But it talks about how we pray into our Father and He will give us wisdom and revelation. And I've talked about how praying what the Bible told us to pray. I've received this revelation. I've received the wisdom that he talked about in order to build. And then even in Ephesians 3, how it talks about um, how he can give us more than we can ask uh, above, exceeding abundantly above all that we ask, according to his power that worketh in us and it has to work in you. If you are not operating out of faith, remember what 1 John 5 said, we have to operate out of faith and submission to our Father, which are in heaven in order for that power to work through us. When we are submitted, the power works through us. So as I come to a close this episode, I want to put that emphasis that, and I, like I said, we're going to go even further and talk about even what not to do. But the whole point of this episode is to not only highlight being obedient, not only to highlight following after God and being forgiving and doing, living how he lived and loving like he loved, but the biggest point I want to emphasize is that we need to look at God as our Father. When Jesus taught his disciples to pray, he said, pray like this, our Father which art in heaven. When you have an individual relationship, like I said, we're going to talk about the collective here in a moment in the next um, upcoming episode. But when you are operating as an individual, it says specifically that you are a son of God and that you are communicating with your Father when you are born of the Spirit, which is why it's important that you are born of the water and of the Spirit, as we've talked about this episode. But as you pray, pray to the Father. Make sure that you are actually operating out of obedience. And when you pray and ask Him in the name of Jesus to do something, it will be done. You will be shocked how much will be done when you fully submit. But there's always usually one thing, and it was interesting because we're having a revival right now. And Brother Atkins, he had mentioned something talking about the very thing that we hold on to and he was talking about the story of jacob and how a lot of people controlled his life until he actually submitted a lot of the decisions and the struggle from his life weren't even his own struggle but from his mother and from his uncle i mean not his uncle from his father-in-law and from his even his wife but when he actually took dominion and actually learned to submit to god and struggled with and fought the right thing then things started to work from his life so when you fight the right thing and you get rid of the right things and you fully submit everything to God, then you'll finally be detached and you will actually be operating out of freedom. And you have to be fully submitted to God, fully obedient in all the ways of your life. So make sure that even those little things that you're feeling an urge to do, that you do those things because that is going to affect the grace of God in your life. And when you actually give up those things that you so badly want to keep hold of when you finally release those things you're going to see stuff work out and you're going to find that that very thing that you were holding on to and that very thing you were following was the very thing that was keeping you in bondage and the very thing that was dictating your life so right now let us pray father god we thank you for this day and we thank you for everything that you provided for us i pray lord that you would give us wisdom and revelation and that you would pour out of your spirit everything that we need and guide us into truth in jesus name i pray lord that you would teach us your ways as psalm 25 says and show us your paths teach us the fear of the lord teach us what it means to operate out of your ways teach us the way that you want us to operate help us to see in faith and not carnally to think with the spiritual mind and to operate with a heart that has been changed in you and ultimately being fully submitted to you give us revelation in this concept give us revelation in how to pray give us revelation of who you are and how to live like you i pray lord that you would lead us and guide us in all obedience and all love and all faith in jesus name i pray amen thank you guys for listening we're going to go even deeper on the concept of relationship to god especially as a collective here coming up and also talking about some errors that we have 
when we come to God as well and mistaking the collective approach to God versus the individual approach to God. So stay tuned for that as that will be coming up very soon. Hopefully it should be coming out next week. But until next time, I pray that you guys all have a blessed day. Remember to read Ephesians chapter one and chapter three, or really just read the whole book. It's not that long. So read that whole book. And I, until next time, I pray that you guys all have a blessed day and God bless in Jesus name.